Calling all ninjas. Calling all ninjas. It's time for Lime Ninja Radio. Today on Lime Ninja Radio. And also how to bring balance back to the body and into your life and how that affects the physical body. So it's all tied in together. Uh, physical healing, emotional healing, energy healing, and how that integrates. This podcast is sponsored by the Lime Ninja Symptom Tracker. I'm so excited to tell you about our new Lime Ninja Symptom Tracker. One of the things I hear over and over again, whether it's talking to a patient in my office or consulting over the phone with a client, is just how difficult it is to keep track of progress on their Lyme journey. Recording symptoms daily or even weekly gives them too many data points. There are so many ups and downs, twists and turns that at some point they get lost and confused. The Lyme Ninja Symptom Tracker takes all the guesswork out of tracking symptoms with a simple monthly questionnaire. Once a month is the perfect interval to see if that new supplement or protocol is working. Right now, when you take the Symptom Tracker questionnaire, we give you a simple composite score for the month. But we have big plans and the data you enter will not be lost as we roll out new features. Best of all, it's free. Just head on over to LimeNinjaRadio.com slash tracker and sign up. That's LimeNinjaRadio.com slash tracker. You'll be glad you did. Join us every Thursday on iTunes for the latest episode of Lime Ninja Radio. Hello, I'm your host and acupuncturist McKay Rippey, and this is episode number 174 with light therapy expert Leanne Vignier. Also welcome our show producer and the brains behind Lime Ninja Radio, Aurora. Hello, and in this episode, you will learn why color and light must both be taken into account when considering light therapy, how doctors treat jaundice with sunlight, and there is a time and a place for blue light, just not before you go to bed. Thanks, Laura. <laughs> As you all know, Lyme disease is an international problem, and each week we have listeners join us from all over the world. And this past week, we've had listeners from Berlin, Germany, to Pretoria, South Africa, and from Switzerland all the way over to Singapore. Also, a big thank you to all you longtime Lyme ninjas. Aurora and I really appreciate you listening, and we'd like to welcome all the new listeners out there. Welcome to Lyme Ninja Radio. We're glad you tuned in. And speaking of tuning in, this week our top 10 tune-in cities are... Coming in at number 10 is Watford in the United Kingdom. Number 9, London, UK. Number 8, Fort Wayne, Indianapolis. Indiana. 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 Number seven, Arlington, Virginia. Number six, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Number five, New York, New York. Number four, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Number three, Ward, Arkansas. Number two, Atlanta, Georgia. And number one this week is West Orange, New Jersey. If you have any feedback for us, recommendations for show guests you'd like to hear from or ways to make our podcast better, please send them over to feedback at LimeNinjaRadio.com. If you love what we're doing, make sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a review. And if you really love what we're doing, please consider donating to our podcast over at Patreon.com. Just go to Patreon.com and search for Lime Ninja Radio. You will find us. Last week, we had a book giveaway, and we're pleased to announce the winner. And the winner this week was... 
the winner this week was Yaveni. So congratulations. We will be passing your email over to the book publisher, and they'll be sending you out a book, Yaveni. I think in the meantime, actually, we'll send you an email. We have to get your address. That would help to send a book. Yes. It's a real book, not a digital book. Also, all of you who entered in last week, no worries. You are still in the running. Yes, because this week we're giving away another book. <laughs> the same book again. We're going to do this for quite a few weeks in a row. So don't worry if you really want this book. It's a great book. I highly recommend it. Just head on over to LimeNinjaRadio.com, front slash win, and enter. And let's give a little description about this book, Aurora. Lyme disease is one of the most puzzling illnesses on the planet. Anyone who has suffered from its debilitating symptoms knows the frustration of trying to find a cure. Many sufferers drag themselves from one doctor or alternative practitioner to the next, getting lost in a maze of lab tests, prescription drugs, and treatments. Thousands of dollars and months or years later, they realize that they are no better off than where they started. Unlocking Lyme puts an end to this desperate quest. Written by Dr. Bill Rawls, a physician who overcame Lyme disease himself, this book is a comprehensive practical resource full of solutions that work. I just realized that all that talk before your description about Dr. Rawls' new book, we forgot to mention that Dr. Rawls has a new book. He has a new book. It was a mystery. We're professionals. Don't try this at home. For more information about Dr. Rawls, visit his website at RawlsMD.com. All right, Aurora, tell us a little bit more about this week's guest expert, Leanne Vanier. Leanne Vanier is an artist, entrepreneur, Eastern medicine physician, and former submarine engineer. Leanne is the leading authority on a unique modality that combines light therapy, color light, and neuroscience to improve health and brain function. She has been featured on TV, national radio, magazines, and at medical conferences about the science behind light and color therapy and their use in regulating the body. She says in her biography, quote, I've always been interested in how various colors are tied into our psyche, and more importantly, how they affect us physically and emotionally. We are, in fact, so influenced by color that by simply noticing what colors we are drawn to at any given time, we can gain insight into where and how we need to bring balance back into our lives. Thanks, Aurora. And here's this week's episode with Leanne Vanier. Hello, Leanne. This is McKay Rippey from Lime Ninja Radio. Great to be here with you, McKay. This is my first time doing a video podcast. I'm quite excited about it and a little nervous. So I haven't had my <laughs> haven't had my hair done. So that's why oh, I'm wearing okay. the headset to kind of cover it up there. No, it looks fabulous. Yeah. And, and just yeah, we're just having a face-to-face conversation. Thank you for being willing to do this interview. We, This is going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of our 175th by the time this comes out, 175th interview. And wow. we've interviewed all kinds of people. And I have a special place in my heart for alternative therapies mm-hmm. and s- specifically non-invasive therapies. Right. And 
in the Lyme community, almost everybody knows about infrared saunas. Some people know about light therapy a little bit in general terms, probably more in terms of SAD and maybe a little bit with the red light kind of things. But so I really want to dive in there deeply and, and bring this uh, information to, to my audience. And I know okay. your audience is, is going to enjoy it as well, especially yeah. in, in, if they have any interest at all in Lyme disease. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it, it affects it, it. It's it's broader reaching, obviously, than just treating Lyme because, you know, we're healing the physical body as well as the energy body. So it's it reaches a lot of different sectors. Now, before we dive in too deeply, I read something on your bio. You used to design submarines. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a mechanical engineer working for Lockheed designing submarines. In no kidding. Former lives. This lifetime, that, it feels like a former life. <laughs> so how did you make the transition from designing submarines, being a mechanical engineer, to being an artist and being an Eastern healer and an energy healer? And then we'll get into how that then went into light. Well, the one constant throughout my life has always been my interest in natural healing modalities. So that's kind of from the time that I was a little child, I refused to take things like even aspirin when my mother would try to give them to me. And (laughs) from a family of pill poppers and they would take a pill for every little thing. And I would be like, no, I don't want to take a pill. My body will heal itself if I just give it the rest and whatever it needs to take care of itself. So I kind of had came out of the womb having this innate sense of the fact that pills and trying to stuff chemicals into your body doesn't actually ever resolve anything. So that, that, like I said, has been the one constant throughout my life. My interest in natural healing, the psycho-emotional connection to physical illness, and also how to bring balance back to the body and into your life and how that affects the physical body. So it's all tied in together, uh, physical healing, emotional healing, energy healing, and how that integrates. And then the other, the other constant has been that every time I would learn something from, again, when I was little, I'd be like, okay, I learned this really cool thing, or I've connected these dots. Now I want to teach it. So I'd be like constantly explaining things to people. So I just love sharing and learning and connecting dots as a visionary and then sharing what I've figured out or what, what things that are completely obvious to me, but aren't obvious to other people. So like raising awareness starting 11 years ago about the science of light therapy, where back when I started teaching about it, it was classified as completely woo-woo. It doesn't make any logical sense to people. How on earth can light and color heal the body? And so as an engineer and scientist and also an acupuncturist, an Eastern medicine physician, and having studied alternative healing modalities for decades, connected all these dots, brought it to lay people and medical practitioners, explaining the science of how it all works, the electromagnetic spectrum, the connection with sunlight and evolution, and made it really make sense for people and also connect with them from an everyday reality perspective, like, oh my God, this makes total sense because I have these responses to color and light and I know how they make me feel. And why is nobody talking about this? So back then I would be like, well, they will be, but just, you know, (laughs) so anyway, so that's, that's one of the big things that I've been focusing my energies on is just educating people about how to use natural energies that are around us and for bringing healing back to the physical body and the emotional body energy. You know, it's funny because we spend hours picking out the right shade of 
color for our living room or dining mm-hmm. room to create the right mood. Right. But we don't make the leap then saying that, okay, light itself and the colors will make an impact too. Right. Yeah. And when I, when I give my talks, I always start off with the basic mini physics lesson, just to explain for people where you don't need any, you don't need to remember any of your science background or any science or physics or anything like that, that you learned in elementary school or high school, you can have completely forgotten all of it. And I give them a basic primer in how color and light are synonymous. They're the same thing. You cannot have color without light and you can't have light without color. So any light bulb that you have, or when you go out under sunlight, that what you perceive as white light, for example, if you have a light, different light bulbs in your house, what you perceive as white light actually contains individual colors within that light. And when you combine colors together, they form white light. So if you put all the colors together, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet, they form white light. But really all you need is red, green, and blue. So that's where you have RGB, RGB screens, you know, like all our LED devices, create all the colors that we need just from those three component colors. So, um, but basically if you, if you don't have light, you can't see color. So as soon as the, 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 the light starts going away or sunlight, you know, the sun starts going down, setting in the sky, or you dim the lights in your room, you can no longer see color. Everything turns into shades of gray. So that's how color and light are synonymous. You need to have the light to be able to reflect off of things to bounce back to your eyes. So color and light are, like I said, synonymous. You can't have one without the other. So, and how we respond to each, there's all kinds of scientific research and medical research about how colors or different wavelengths of light elicit different responses in the body and brain. And let's, so since you're an expert in that area too, and that's one area that I'm very interested in hearing your summer, summation of the research is when did scientists begin to get interested? How old is the study of light and its effect or different color wavelengths on, on people's health? Uh, well, it's been around for centuries. I mean, we've known, we've known, you know, that light colored light from the sun elicits certain healing effects. Now, when you want to talk about scientific research Mm -hmm. as early as the 1900s before that, but in 1901, um, Niels Finson won the, um, Nobel Prize for Medicine for discovering that red light um, heals smallpox um, scarring and the resulting, you know, um, tissue damage in the skin, which wasn't new information at the time because they had been in ancient China. They had been using this knowledge because they would, when people had smallpox, they would put the person out under the sun and they would put red silk fabric over them so the the sunlight would come through and the the red would get filtered so then they would get primarily red on the skin and it would heal the skin so um as far as actual scientific research then with red lights and laser light that came in 1968 Uh, um, a scientist called um andre mester started researching the effect of lasers when red lasers were invented Laser technology was brand new at the time, and he thought that, okay, well, they're probably going to have these harmful effects on the body and the skin and whatever, and maybe cause cancer or whatnot. So he started researching the effects of red laser light on mice. And what he found is that not only did they not cause cancer, he he had the control group of mice and he had the shape, the, the tested group of mice that was receiving the red laser light, and he shaved both of them. And what he found was that the control group 
okay, no effects because he's not doing anything to them. The, the, the group that was receiving the red laser light, their fur was growing back at a much faster rate. And he was like, this is interesting. Their fur is growing back faster. So it accelerates hair growth, which we know. And, you know, I have a light product that people, I have tons of people that report, oh my God, I can't, like my hair grows so fast. And my, you know, an 80 year old man that had now is a full thick head of hair that he had thinning hair for decades. So, um, so that's one of the things. Um, but then he also did more research and he found that, oh, this laser red light also heals wounds more quickly. So that again was 1968, but then in the you know end of um, early 2000s or even before that, NASA started doing research and they accidentally discovered a lot of these discoveries. Again, were accidental, as so many things in innovation in science and research um, happen, where they discovered that LED light that's red elicits these same healing effects. So then they realized, oh, it's not the laser technology. It's the actual wavelengths of light. And then they found that, you know, every pretty much everything in the red to near infrared range has these healing effects of stimulating mitochondrial function. But that and that's just in the red and near infrared. In the 1950s, um, it was discovered again accidentally that sunlight and then specific wavelengths within sunlight elicit healing effects in the body for babies that uh, develop jaundice. So jaundice is when the baby's skin turns yellow because there's a buildup of bilirubin that circulate, gets trapped in the blood. The liver isn't working effectively, so the bilirubin builds up in the blood. It can become, it can become very dangerous, actually. If it, the levels get too high, it can cause brain damage and all kinds of serious things. So um, back then, there was the only recourse was doing some kind of dangerous blood transfusion, which is obviously, you know, very risky in itself. So but, um, back in England in the 1950s, they discovered again accidentally at this hospital, ne neonatal hospital, when they would put the babies out under sunlight, the nurses are like, the babies get better when we put them under sunlight. And the doctors are like, oh, that doesn't make sense. Well. <laughs> but then when they, the, what, what the discovery was, was that they, they took a blood sample from a baby that had very visible jaundice, a very yellow baby, and they sent the blood sample to the lab, and the lab technician didn't get around to doing the test for a while. He stuck the blood sample in the windowsill and then went for a long lunch or a smoke, several cigarettes, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> he left Probably. And left the blood sample in the windowsill. And when he came back and he did the test looking for the bilirubin in the blood, he's like, wait a minute, there's there's no sign of jaundice in this baby because what he was looking for was no longer present in the blood. And they're like, yeah, the baby definitely has jaundice, but look at it. It's all yellow. And then they discovered, okay, something happened with the blood sample in the windowsill being exposed to sunlight. And that was then how they discovered, okay, something in the sunlight is changing this. It actually changes the isomer structure, the chemical structure of the bilirubin. So it becomes water soluble and it can be flushed out of the baby through the bile and the urine. Um, so anyway, that's, then they fine-tuned it and they figured out, oh, okay, it's blue wavelengths. And then they realized later it's like blue into blue-green wavelengths. But so all of these things take various iterations before they, you know, even become sure. mainstream. And it took a full decade before. So all hospitals, you know, in the UK started using this blue light therapy for treating these babies with jaundice because it's completely non-invasive. It's very safe. You cover the baby's eyes and it, the jaundice is gone. You can also do the same thing and take the baby and put it under sunlight and it will have the same effect. 
Um, it just takes longer because you have a, a smaller percentage of blue light coming from the sunlight. So this is like, you know, this is getting the concentrated single vitamin dose if you just isolate one wavelength and shine it on the baby versus getting the full spectrum, you know, multivitamin effect, as I call it, when you go out under sunlight, it's like you're getting the red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet. And part of that is going to have that effect on the, um, the jaundice. That's that, was a, that was a long, that was a long sound bite. It was <laughs> and, and worth every moment. My, one of my twins, my oldest matter of fact, she's the, the producer of this podcast, Aurora, she came home with Billy Rubin and a Billy Rubin light. And so we're, we're familiar with that. And it's, it's, it's remarkable. And so, so she, she had honest, wait, who had she? my, my daughter, when she came yeah. home from the hospital, oh, okay. 20, 20 some years ago. Okay. And she came so home they, with a little Billy Rubin light. Yeah. They sent you the light. Yeah. yeah. You to treat her at home. So you don't have to leave her in the hospital. Yeah. They have things exactly. Billy blankets. They have, you know, they, Billy Rubin light. There's a bunch of different products out there, but basically, yeah. So in a lot of people now that know, it's like, you know, like, cause I talk about, you can put your baby in the sunlight. You have to make sure it doesn't get a sunburn, obviously, but, <laughs> exactly. but yeah, you can do the same thing for free. You know, so let's pause there for a second because we know that sunlight triggers the production of or the begin of the production of vitamin D in the body and how important that ends up being for our immune system. Right. And we've become so sun-phobic. I mean, the government's classified sun as a carcinogen, for goodness sake. Yeah. Uh, you know, so on one hand, you have sunlight, and on the other hand, you have a toxic waste dump, and they put them in the same category. It's, just, it's mind-blowing. It's like... What are you well, guys doing? It's kind of like, why are people not informed about the fact that, you know, eating junk food and things like that is really, really bad for you. So there's a lot of money that circulates in the pharmaceutical realm, right? So if you have people that are in a constant state of disease and poor health, there's a lot more money that's circulating. So if you, if you, if you look at food, water, those are kind of fundamental. We know that we need air. We need all of these three things for survival. We also need sunlight. We, we absolutely need sunlight. And if you're not getting a regular daily dose of sunlight, then you are basically losing one of the four pillars of basic health. You, you need that to survive. I mean, people understand that you wouldn't think of putting, you know, a plant into a completely dark room. And how many days is it going to survive? in that kind of environment. I mean, even if you take a plant, people probably have this experience in your home, plants thrive, they need to be near a window. It's like, you can't just put them in a dark corner because they're going to start, you know, it's like they may get light from your artificial lighting, but that's not enough. They need sunlight. So, and even, you know, when you put plants in front of a, like a blue frosted window or something, it will, it will change the rate of growth of certain aspects of the plant. I mean, the wavelengths of light that it gets directly affect the health and the growth pattern of the plant. So it's the same thing with humans. I mean, we evolved to live and thrive under sunlight. We, we did not evolve on a planet that was completely dark. I mean, if we did, then we would have, you know, it's like the dinosaurs would have survived, you know, after the, the meteorites hit and the cloud cover. So we, we actually need sunlight. And to believe that sunlight went, and now there's all sorts of research that has completely debunked the fact that sunlight causes cancer. You know, sunburn can cause skin cancer and melanoma, but if you don't get sunburn, you're not going to get cancer. So, um, and 
avoidance of sunlight has been directly linked with pretty much every type of cancer and every disease known to man. So you're the less sunlight you get, the more likely you are to get any disease and die. So all-cause mortality, less sunshine, higher probability of death from anything. Exactly. And, yeah. So, and, and you know, uh, paradoxically, the less sun people get, the more likely they are to get melanoma also, which is the one that, oh, it's like well, you're going to get melanoma from sunburn. But actually, you indoor workers have a much higher probability of getting melanoma than outdoor workers, people who spend a lot of time under the sun. But, but, but science. <laughs> well, no, but this is all validated by science. No, you're seeing... I, I what? understand it's the select yeah. the selection of the science, yes. right? So, going to take, but and that's the same thing have with the melanoma is they they took these very narrow studies and they mm-hmm. ignored the all cause mortality and say okay this is one very tiny category we saw right. a slight uptick therefore you know right. you must buy sunscreen and SP four hundred if you can get it exactly and but the the ironic thing is that many of the sunscreens that are on the market become carcinogenic when they're yeah. exposed to sunlight so there's well, the you know, like with de- details details right? yeah so and by the way when you need that minimum daily requirement of sunshine you need to have no sunscreen on your body so which um, includes it's always a good thing to point out too that includes a lot of uh, face creams they'll have exactly, that baked yeah. in so yeah you need naked skin yeah well, there, there is, there. You can, you can wear like a non-carcinogenic sunscreen on your face because it is something that's exposed to the sun all the time. So you can, because, and it's such a small surface area, mm-hmm. um, and for preventing like long-term exposure, you don't want to get hyperpigmentation. You can reverse all of that, obviously, but it's it's not that big of a surface area, so it's okay. But it it, it has to be, you know, non-nanoparticle zinc sunscreen that does not get absorbed into your bloodstream and does not become carcinogenic when it's exposed to sun sunlight. Um, but yeah, on the rest of your body wearing or not wearing any sunscreen for your minimum daily requirement, then you can put on sunscreen. If you have to be under the sun for an extended period of time, right. you know, if you're, if your ancestors are from somewhere like Iceland, you have very fair skin and you have blonde hair and you have blue eyes because you evolved to be in a climate where there was very little sun coming to your body. So your body developed in a way so that it could maximize, like suck as much of that healing energy from the sun as possible in as short a window as time. So you had to have very fair skin, fair eyes, and fair, fair hair to be able to maximize on that limited available sunlight. Conversely, somebody from the equator is going to have an abundance of sunlight and so much that they now have to protect their skin and their body from an excess of that sunlight. So they have very dark skin, very dark hair, dark eyes, um, thick, wiry hair that will prevent, you know, the scalp from burning as opposed to blonde hair, which will like, yes, come and, you know, get as much on my skin as possible. I'm not going to block any of the sun's rays. So somebody from Iceland if you, I mean, if you're in Iceland, you're not going to have to worry about, you know, getting overexposure to sunshine because there's so little up there, you know, that where the sun is high enough in the sky anyway. But it like, now you take that same person or generations later, great, great grandchild of somebody from Iceland who still has that same, you know, skin type, skin tone, and you put them in the equator, they're going to be very crispy within, you know, like you leave them up for 20 minutes and they're going to be like a crispy little 
French fry. So <laughs> at the equator, they may only need three minutes of sun exposure to get their minimum daily requirement, and then they have to cover up. But that's where people with dark skin that are, even if they're no longer living at the equator and they're living somewhere else on the planet, they tend to be the most vitamin D deficient of anybody because they may need that much more sun exposure without sunscreen on their skin to be able to get their minimum daily requirement. Does that all make sense? Absolutely does. I follow along. So let's move over to Lyme disease. Okay. And I'm going to give you some of the symptoms that Lyme patients talk about, particularly chronic Lyme, talk about the most. So number one is pain. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Number two is a disruption of sleep cycles. Mm -hmm. So they're they're awake all night, they're exhausted during the day, or they're just exhausted in general. So the the daylight darkness cycle, so circadian rhythm is off Mm -hmm. and and just general fatigue. Right. Just like fibromyalgia, the mitochondrial dysfunction type thing. Right. And then number three is depression. Mm-hmm. There's and some of that is situational. It's like your life gets ruined. You lose your job. You don't have money. How are you going to make bills? How are you going to pay for your medical care? So some right. of it is situational, and then some of it seems to be maybe some toxicity from the bacteria itself, or some even some maybe some brain damage similar to concussion. So there's mm-hmm. the physical depression as well as the situational depression. So right. how can light affect those three areas? Okay. Well, talking about just talking about circadian rhythm, obviously, and anytime people are getting sun exposure, sunlight, and being out in nature, they're getting all of those healing energies and the wavelengths of light from the sun, which have these profound healing effects on the body. So, you know, you talked about the vitamin D, for example, there are direct correlation with, you know, chronic pain and low vitamin D levels. I mean, there's been all sorts of, and vitamin D obviously is a very important hormone in the body. It's kind of like gets devalued by being called a vitamin because then people think, oh, I can just replace it with, you know, drops or pills or whatever. But really our bodies are designed to make maximum amount of vitamin D while the sun is shining. So we're supposed to make copious amounts of vitamin D in the summer months while we have exposure to our availability to that type of sunshine. And you need not just UVB, which we know triggers the vitamin D production, but when you get UVA and UVB together, it actually creates exponentially more vitamin D in the body. So this is a relatively new research, but they know that when you combine UVA and UVB together, you actually make a lot more um, vitamin D, which is like what you get when you're out under sunshine, right? So natural sunlight is always the best. So when you take and isolate, you know, UVB from a lamp, then you, it's like get UVA and UVB together, but really full spectrum is always the optimal thing. And full spectrum sunlight in nature is the best. So how about for people who are bedridden and really can't get out and their windows are probably UV coated, so they may not be getting the UV through the window. What can those folks do? I mean, okay. Back in the, you know, back in the day when people, we, we used to have, um, um, what were they called? Heliotherapy clinics uh, in Canada and Switzerland for people that had things like tuberculosis of the bones or other chronic illnesses and their therapy was put them in beds that are exposed to sunshine. I mean, like outside, outdoors, they're outdoors, or they have children with tuberculosis of bones and they're, they're all they do is like here, lay 
under the sun on a blanket and that's your treatment and it would heal the body. So um, getting people that are bedridden up out of bed and moving and Get them outside. under the sun, it's really, it's not rocket science, but a lot of people, well, I can't, I have to be indoors. Well, no, at no time in history were humans ever meant to be stuck in a cave or indoors all the time. I mean, and everybody knows this. Everybody has this innate sense for how it feels. You know, you want to go on vacation. People are like, okay, I want to go lay on a beach. Okay, great. Go lay on a beach. Why are you craving that? Because I'm not getting sunlight at all. So now like the one thing, if I, if I have a choice, I'm going to go lay out under sunlight and it feels amazing. And everybody knows this. So, um, Anyway, the, the, the healing effects that we get from sunlight and from being in nature are, you know, they treat all of those things, including resetting circadian rhythm. So, and, you know, it's not just people with Lyme disease that have circadian disruption and have poor sleep. You may be more susceptible to that, but I have to, I kind of have to rewind because a lot of times people focus on the physical body and they think everything is the physical body, and we have this chemistry in our body and it gets disrupted, but really everything happens upstream from that. So your energy body, if you're, if you're depleted, your energy body is depleted. You have a high stress job. You have, you know, you're living in a toxic city. You, you don't ever get out into nature. You, you, you're living in a high rise. You're surrounded by EMF. All of these things deplete our energy body. Being in a toxic relationship, that depletes your energy body. All of these things and when I'm talking about energy body, I'm talking about life force energy. You know, Eastern medicine, we talk about chi, um, um, prana, uh, ki, Japanese. There are different names for it. But it's basically the thing that distinguishes me sitting here as a living entity able to move my hands around and me having no life and being lying here dead on the sofa you kind of can tell the difference, right? I mean, if I were dead, I wouldn't be <laughs> sitting here animated. The only difference between me and that dead body is that this life force energy is circulating through me. So in Western medicine, they perceive, they they study cadavers when they're studying Western medicine, which is like, okay, well, that's a dead body. It's very different from a living body. Um so if you, if you don't understand that we're much more than just chemistry and pieces and parts, then you don't, you're, you're missing a huge part of the equation. And this is kind of this Western mentality where people have, well, I'm going to treat the chemistry in my body. I've got this bacteria in my body that's throwing my chemistry out of whack. It's like making increased toxicity levels and all of that. It's causing me inflammation and pain and, you know, circadian disruption and, you know, like brain fog and, you know, possibly brain deterioration and all of this stuff, but that's already downstream. So why are you susceptible to the effects of the bacteria in the first place? Because we, we, are, we have bacteria and viruses that are living in our body all the time. I mean, you know, a good example is the herpes virus. A lot of people carry the herpes virus, herpes zoster, herpes simplex. I mean, it's a very, um, you know, and then you've got HPV. It's a very high percentage of the population that have these things that are living in the body, parasites even. But the problem is when the body gets out of balance and can the immune function of the physical body and the immune function of the energy body gets out of whack. So these physical pathogens and energetic pathogens have a much stronger impact on us. So when your energy body, your energy body immune system gets depleted, that then affects your physical body immunity. So you're much more susceptible to bacteria like the Lyme, Lyme disease bacteria. Mm -hmm. Which is why, you know, a lot of times people, they, they've had the Lyme, the Lyme 
disease bacteria for years, but they don't have any manifestation of symptoms. They, they, they're, they're perfectly functional and they've gotten to a point where it's like, it no longer affects them, but other people deal with these chronic symptoms for years and they keep trying to address the physical body and treating chemistry where really it's like depleted life force energy is what needs to be brought up. You need to build up the reserve of life force energy so that your immune function in your energy body and your physical body can deal with that pathogen. Does that make sense? Yeah. And light does that. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Light will treat the physical body. So a specific wavelengths of light will stimulate for, for example, the mitochondria in the cells to create ATP energy in the cells. So we know this from research. We know that if you take certain wavelengths of light and you shine it on the body, it will have this um, energy boosting effect in the cells so that they can regenerate themselves, um, heal wounds, uh, fight pathogens, things like that. You can, you can also get to a point where you will plateau with that level of healing, though. Um, same thing when people, you know, they're, they're sick and they realize, okay, I need to change my diet. I need to start eating real food. And they, they may have Lyme, they may have some other chronic illness. So they realize, okay, first step, change my diet. And then they start eating real food. They get rid of all the crap that they've been eating and the junk and, you know, getting rid of all the toxins that they've been putting into their body and their healing will go like this. They'll be like, oh, I'm getting healthier. Great. And then they plateau and they stop at that point. They're like, okay, I've done everything. I'm taking supplements. I'm doing all these things. Why am I not finishing my healing you know, progress. I've like, I'm stuck. I've gotten to this far, but I can't get any further. So it's like, and then they keep trying to treat the chemistry, but really it's like, it's basically like you're a car and you're running on fumes. Your gas tank is empty and you just keep, you keep putting in enough gas just to get to the next gas station instead of filling up the reserve tank so that you're not constantly running out of gas, that little bit of gas that you've got, and then you're running on fumes, which is how it feels to a lot of people. When you're running on fumes, you feel it because you're tired all the time. You, your body's in pain. It like everything affects you. Every food that you eat might have some kind of adverse effect. You know, people will get to that level of sensitivity where no matter what they're ingesting, they're, they get some kind of a reaction. So that's when people get really, really out of balance. So if you bring up the you bring up the gas tank reserve and you you bring energy into the energy body, then all of the other downhill symptoms from that then can resolve. So you can heal the physical body, but really you have to focus on the energy body. And that's what when I created my my light therapy product, I realized the shortcoming because after teaching about this for eleven years and not wanting to sell a product. I didn't want to create any product because there are like tons of light therapy products out there, but I kept getting the email from people. It's like, it doesn't work or it's, you know, I spent thousands of dollars and it's, it's only having a marginal effect and why isn't it working and what should I do? And, and I realized that, well, it's really because you're only isolating the wavelengths of sunlight, which, which have, these healing effects on the physical body, but you have to replenish the energy body as well. And that's the difference. So it, I use the analogy. Have you ever been in a dangerous neighborhood? Yes, I have. Yeah, okay, I imagine. Okay. You're in New York. So, um, so how does it, how do you know that you're in a dangerous neighborhood? When you you feel it. You yeah. Feel it. It's a feeling. It can be a bright, sunny day. It doesn't matter if it's a bright, sunny day or not. It's like if you're in a dangerous neighborhood, you're like something, you sense it and you know that you have to get out of there, right? Because 
I don't know why, but I just feel like I have to get out of this neighborhood. So let's say on that same bright, sunny day, you're like, okay, I get out of this dangerous neighborhood. You go two blocks over and now you're not in the dangerous neighborhood anymore. You're still, you may still be in a rundown neighborhood because people are like, well, maybe it's the visual cues. It's like, no, most people who understand it's a feeling that you get. Okay. So you go a couple blocks away. Now you're no longer in the dangerous neighborhood. You're in a safe neighborhood. It's rundown, a little bit shabby, but you don't feel that same sense of danger. Same sunshine shining from the sky. Mm-hmm. Okay. But different feeling in the two neighborhoods, right? So now let's say you go a few more blocks away and now you're in this wood woods. There's like a little wooded area and you've got the, Oh, this feels great. You know, when you're in nature, how does that feel? Yeah. You feel Wonderful. like yeah, it's amazing. Right. Yeah. It's a very different feeling. Same sunshine though. Same sunny day. Okay. Now there's a machine called a spectrometer. Have you ever mm-hmm. heard of that? Of course. Yep. A spectrometer measures wavelengths of light. Can it's a it's a piece of technology that can measure the wavelengths of light. So, like I was saying, you know, when you have a white light bulb, sometimes you've got a warm white bulb, um, and other times you've got a cool white bulb. So, the warm white bulb is going to have more red, orange, and yellow in it. That makes it that warm white color. A cool daylight bulb will have more blue in it, so it will have a bluish tint to it. A spectrometer will be able to give you an exact output of what wavelengths are coming from that light bulb versus this light bulb. And also, if you shine it at the sun, it will tell you exactly how much red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet are coming from the sunlight. Because sunlight always has those colors within it. It varies throughout the day, the percentage of each. And the only time we ever really see those spectral colors that split up from sunlight is when there's a rainbow in the sky, when there's water droplets that reflect reflect and reflect the um, the uh, individual wavelengths of light, like Newton's prism, you know, or dark side of the moon. You get that, you shine the black light. Pink Floyd's prism. prism. Yeah, Yeah. and then it it splits up into those spectral colors. So when you have a rainbow in the sky, but those colors are always in sunlight. They're always there. And some in the middle of the day, you've got a lot more blue light that comes down. So anyway, you take a spectrometer, you shine it at a light bulb, you shine it at the sun, you get a reading, so now let's say you do, you take the spectrometer, you go to the dangerous neighborhood and you're like, okay, let me quickly take a reading of the sunshine before I have to get out of here. So you take a reading with this piece of technology in the bad neighborhood. You go to the not dangerous neighborhood, but the shabby one. You take a spectrometer reading in the sun there. Now you go into the woods where it feels amazing and you have this healing kind of feel energy around you and you take a spectrometer reading there. What do you think the difference is in the spectrometer readings from each one? Well, I want to say they're all the same, but I'm no, thinking being led somewhere, so I don't know. No, you're you're exactly right because it's a piece of technology that can only assess wavelengths. Okay, I see your point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The machinery cannot get that feeling. It can't. The machinery can't tell you it's dangerous. You need to get out of here, or this this energy feels amazing here. Right. The output from the sunlight is going to be identical in each neighborhood. It won't change at all. So when you focus just on light therapy, taking LED lights or laser light, laser light, I don't ever recommend because it's, our bodies are not designed to take in lasers. It's, yeah. It, yeah. So it's, LED, it's artificial. Well, LED, LED light is artificial as well, but again, you're isolating those, um, it's non-coherent light, non-coherent meaning that the wavelengths are all out of sync with each other, which is right. how our body, sunlight is non-coherent light. Right. 
So we evolved to live and thrive under non-coherent light with all these colors. You can take and isolate individual colors using the single vitamin, just like you can take a vitamin C instead of taking 10 multivitamins, you can take a thousand milligrams of vitamin C, right? So you can isolate wavelengths and get a concentrated vitamin effect. So, but the, but technology, artificial lighting of any kind can only give you the wavelengths portion, which will treat the physical body. You can't get that energy part just from the LED light. So that was where I realized it's like, this is the missing component. We need okay. to, we need to heal the energy body. So I created a device that also heals the energy body at the same time as healing the physical body using light. Does that make sense? Yeah. Can I ask how? Well, it's <laughs> probably a little technical, but do you have like a, a postage stamp explanation of how you also include the energy part of that? <laughs> by, by taking that healing energy and putting it into the device itself. So that, so when you're using it, it's like you're getting an energy medicine treatment at the same time as getting a light therapy treatment. Okay. So, um, and that would require a longer discussion about quantum physics. Yeah, I don't want to get into that. So okay. that, that, that was good enough. <laughs> you well, put anyway, it inside so the, the machine. Is, yeah. The point is that you can, the, the reason that you get so many of these light therapy devices that people are like, well, it seems like it does a little bit and it heals mm -hmm. my wounds more quickly or it does something or it seems to you know, diminish my pain, but I'm not getting, I'm not getting better. It helps. It treats symptomatically. And it helps to resolve certain things or some don't work at all. Some are too, either too weak or too strong or, um, but, but whatever it is, when you, it's like, it's like changing your diet, you know, it's like I've done certain things, but I plateaued. So why am I not healing the rest of the way? Because you have to bring back that life force energy. And, you know, we could all do it if we could all just go and live on a deserted Island with no technology and just healing energy from the ocean and, trees around us and then you know no stress no no relationship stress no like and all of that then your body is going to heal on its own we don't all have that luxury because we live in cities and we have you know modern lifestyles so you can, so, you can do that at the same time and heal what, what do people say who use your device after they've tried other ones like what what are the, I don't mean necessarily testimonials, but what are their reactions to it? Because I know you do workshops, so you're, you're working in front of a lot of people. Um, yeah, well, the, yeah, we, we literally, ha we have hundreds and hundreds of testimonials. I, one of the very common things that people report when they first get the rejuvenator is that they, they feel like this almost addictive like they can't, they just want to keep using it and shining it everywhere on their body because they're so depleted that it just, it's, it isn't just here taking a colored light and shining it on yourself because that doesn't, you don't get that feeling from other things. So they're like, I just want to put it everywhere on my body. And um, like one of the, one of the reports that I got early on, which was really kind of described it, she described it in a very clear way because she talked about how she had felt so depleted and exhausted and like pain everywhere in her body and all these physical issues, this young woman that's getting her PhD. And she said, for me, it felt like I, and I told my parents, I feel like I'm literally dying. I feel like my body is dying, but why? I don't understand. But, and she was from a very sunny, warm country where the sun was always shining. And then she's up in the East coast in this cloudy climate. She's just craving sunshine in nature and not being able to get any of that. And she said, it felt like if I was a battery, it felt like my battery was on zero. Yeah. So she said, it's the first day I got the rejuvenator, 
She's like, I just, I couldn't stop. I was just doing back-to-back treatments everywhere. And it like, after like five or six back-to-back treatments, I felt like, okay, that's enough for today. She said, after that first day, it felt like her battery went to 70%. Like she she went from zero to 70% the first day. The next day she did another whole round of back-to-back treatments. She said, after that, I felt like I was a hundred percent. I felt like my old self again, that I hadn't felt in years because of the, uh, you know, and then, and then she was doing things like treating her abdomen and expelling parasites that she didn't even know that she had. I mean, just like phenomenal stories like that. That's a very common one where you don't get that. You don't get that response to just, and I've, you know, experimented with, you know, dozens and dozens of light therapy devices over the years being the light therapy pioneer. Um, or the science of light therapy pioneer, the one who validated it with bringing in science and medical research. Um, and yeah, they don't, you don't get that same feeling because again, you're just taking an artificial light source in specific wavelengths that we know will stimulate the mitochondria in the cells. And you will feel that energizing effect from some of them and you can get that, you know, charge and you can feel, or you can see the results of things getting healed. Um, sometimes some of them don't really work at all. Um, but they're not replenishing that depleted life force energy. So that's the thing that people, yeah. And it's, that's kind of a constant thing where people across the board, like it just, it has this feeling. It's like that feeling of being in nature because you feel like you're kind of being bathed in this healing energy, if that makes sense. It does. Now, in terms of healing energy, I'm comfortable with the concept and some of the people listening are. And then we have people who are more like on the MD side of things and very clinical and very, well, this, you know, I understand the wavelength thing, but this whole life force energy, boy, that sounds like complete woo-woo. Yeah. Exactly. Just like now, just like but I know you yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, I know you work with doctors, however, and I what do. are what are they saying about this technology? Uh, well, I I don't know what percentage right now, but a lot of my a lot of my customers are they, and I don't always hear directly from them, but they're like, my doctor recommended I get this, or my veterinarian recommended I get this for my dog. So I've got all kinds of doctors that are recommending them to their patients. So they know that it works and a lot of them are using them themselves. So it's like, I know it works for me. I don't understand why. I just know that it works. And do I do like, I understand the light therapy part because there's all kinds of research about that and how it stimulates the mitochondria and that's enough for them. But they're like, there is something that's very unique and different about this. That's why they're recommending the rejuvenator versus these other, you know, products that are much more, you know, aggressive with their marketing and affiliates and, you know, paid endorsements and that sort of thing. And we don't have, I don't, spend any money on advertising. It's all word of mouth. So in the first year we had thousands of people like, and they've only, they've only been out there for 14 months now. So, but thousands of people around the world using them all from word of mouth. So, um, and it's just because they have these phenomenal healing effects and across the board, again, skin, you know, sleep, um, muscle, um, energy levels, depression, anxiety. I mean, a lot of people that have reported, they didn't even realize that they were depressed and anxious until they no longer were depressed and anxious because you, when you have this constant in your life, it's just like, Oh, this is how it feels to be me and alive. And you're just kind of going through life at this low level. And then all of a sudden you, that, that cloud gets lifted and you're like now elevated and you feel happy and you feel energized and you're like, Oh my God, I was really anxious and depressed all the time. I didn't even realize it to the point that people are like, they're, they're emailing me. It's like, 
I'm not stress eating anymore. I didn't even realize I was stress eating. I was eating like to try to calm this low level anxiety I was always feeling. And now that's gone within the first week. I'm not, it's like, I feel like a different person. So that sort of thing. That's from recharging the energy body, bringing that life force energy, you know, filling up your gas tank reserve instead of just running on fumes all the time. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Now, if people want to explore this more, where can they get more information? Now, I know you have a YouTube channel because I have a YouTube we're, channel. We're recording this for your YouTube channel as well as my podcast at the same yeah. time. Um, yeah, I have two websites. I have um, uh, catalyticcolor.com is the website where I have all the science of color and light and also flow state for tapping into flow and the healing effects of that. Um, catalytic, C-A-T-A-L-Y-T-I-C-C-O-L-O-R.com, catalyticcolor.com, the American spelling of color, even though I'm from Canada and we spell color C-O-L-O-U-R. But if you type in catalytic color, you'll probably find that. <laughs> we, we won't hold that against you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, there are other people on the planet that spell color with an, a U in it as well. Like, I've, I've heard. Yeah, right. <laughs> but um, anyway, and uh, leannevenier.com is my um, artworks website, color therapy, and but they're sister websites. They both point to each other. So my name is L-E-A-N-N-E, B as in Victor, E-N-I-E-R, dot com leannevenier.com but catalyticcolor.com is where there's information about the rejuvenators a tiny tiny fraction of the hundreds of testimonials are like tiny fraction of them are on my website um but i also have i have a community um that where everybody who's using one of my lights anywhere on the planet they get to join my um, private members only facebook community for free um and that way, everybody who's using them can connect with each other and ask each other questions and share all these healing. So this is where a ton of these amazing healing stories get shared, right? So you don't have to like believe that I'm like you know not inventing some te- incredible healing testimonial because they get to hear it right from the people and they get to talk to each other face to face. So and that's where it's like, oh, I didn't even think I could use it for treating Lyme disease because this is how it started. Where it's like one of my practitioners, she's a naturopathic doctor in Germany, started. She's a Lyme disease specialist, so she starts using my number three rejuvenator with all of her patients, and then she starts integrating the number four as well. She's seeing all these um, amazing healing benefits and detox effects, and and then brings in the number four. So now we've got a number, a bunch of Lyme. Um, previously you know suffering from all these Lyme disease symptoms that are healing and they're not having these same symptoms that they were um so you heal you can't when you're healing the energy body it heals the entire physical body you can't just isolate you know pieces and parts so it's like putting the light directly on your body has this healing effect so I designed it to heal at a local level where it's going to stimulate the mitochondria wherever you put it. But that energy isn't going to just stay there. It's going to circulate in your energy body, open up blocked meridians, which are the energy channels that we you know, used in um, acupuncture and Eastern medicine healing in particular. Um, so those energy channels that circulate that life force energy that can get blocked and they can get, you know, kinks in your hose, essentially like your watering hose gets a kink in it. So it opens up those energy channels it increases the flow of energy. So now again, you're bringing up that gas tank reserve. So you're not just running on fumes. So it, it heals the energy body, opens up the energy channels and heals the physical body all at the same time. Yeah. That's beautifully said. Leanne, you've been very, very generous with your time. I really, really appreciate it. 
And I know you've said a lot, but is there anything that was left unsaid in all that explanation that, that you wanted to cover that I didn't ask the right question for? Um, well, no, I think, I think my, my big message for people is get more sunlight. That's what I've been telling people for 11 years since I started teaching. You know, it's like there is so much that you can do for healing your body and staying healthy by being conscious of that. And then when you get out of balance, it's like being able to replenish that depleted energy. If you live in a city, which many of us do, you know, if you have a stressful job, which many of us do, if you have, you know, you're not getting the healing energies that you need. You're not, you know, whatever it is that you're, if you're, if you have any pain or suffering or depression or anxiety, all of that can be treated and everything, everything in the body can be completely reversed and brought back into a state of balance. I mean, Western medicine wants us to believe that you're sick, you've got this thing, you just, now you just have to manage it. And here, by the way, take these pills every day for the rest of your life. And, you know, don't worry, your insurance will pay for it or whatever, but that's all money. And the more pills you put into your body, the more out of balance you get because you're trying to manipulate chemistry and you're putting in artificial substances that the body's like, I don't know what to do with this. So you, you may be trying to manage a particular symptom, but you know, when you watch those commercials on television and they have like, this is what it will do for you. And by the way, we've got the whole, you know, rest of the minute and a half commercial is we're going to talk about all the side effects that this drug might do to you besides, you know, it might kill you and cause impotence and all these other things, but it might do this for you too. So just take this pill every day and talk to your, go talk to your doctor. So we don't need those things. We can actually, our entire body, the physical body can heal completely. And that's, you know, sunlight is a huge component of that. So get more sunshine. I will as soon as I can. Yes. And when you live in a cloudy place, obviously in the winter months, that means get the sunshine in the summer months because we actually are supposed to, um, in the winter months, our metabolism, you know, by design was supposed to go down because that's, there's less food and resources in the winter months. So we actually are designed to do that, but you can, you can modify that, you know, and that's why people will go, it's like, I'm craving sunshine. So I'm going to take my two weeks of vacation. I'm going to go somewhere tropical and you get that recharge, right? Cause you don't have it during the winter months. So, um, yeah. And you can do that through other means as well. Let me tell you a quick story just to end about, about that. So we, we were talking a little bit before we started recording and mm-hmm. we came up from the Baltimore area and there's a decent amount of sunshine there. It's, mm-hmm. it's normal climate. We move yeah. up to central New York and it is just cloudy like Seattle all the time. Yeah. And we moved up here late summer. And so we're getting into the beginning of winter and it can go for like a week with rain every day. It's just mm-hmm. an, an amazingly wet, cloudy climate. And I remember particularly this one day, the clouds cleared and everybody was out walking their dog, walking yeah. their kids, taking a walk. And I look at my wife saying, what's the excitement about, you know, what's going on today? Why is everybody outside? We hadn't seen anybody in, in days and weeks. So after living in the cloudy climate for a year or two, and I totally understand that now. It's like they, mm-hmm. they, they instinctively know it's like, you got to get outside. I got to get the right. sun while the getting is good because tomorrow might be raining again. And exactly. Now, now yeah. I've got the same urgency. So when the sun's out, it's like, I run outside too. <laughs> exactly. So why is it like that? We've, we've allowed the media to convince us that, that we're wrong about this, you know, like, Oh, stay out of the sun because it's going to kill you. It's like, no, actually it's going to heal you. So 
you know, and uh, we know, we know what's best for us. Of course, don't get a sunburn, you know, don't go crazy. This is why some people, they go out in the sun, they, they're like dying, like for getting some sunshine. It's like, they want to get as much as possible. And then the very first day they get this lobster red sunburn. Bad. Don't do that. Like let yourself build up, you know, the skin, your, the melanin in your skin so that you can have that protective, the natural protective factor but get the minimum daily amount and don't just try to cram it in, you know, like, and get out in nature. That's another really important thing. Go for a walk in the woods anytime you can. So it's amazing how just doing that alone for depression, anxiety, the, they know scientifically proven that getting out under sunshine and going into nature is more effective than any antidepressant on the market. It's a more effective way of beating your depression than any pill that is sold today. That's been proven. So sunshine, it heals across the board. When you get sunshine during the day, it sets your circadian rhythm because you want to get. So this is one other thing, though, that because people have been demonizing blue light. And I started teaching. It's like blue light is good for you. We need blue light. Blue light is a really, really important thing. Do not wear blue light blockers during the daytime, people. You're going to mess yourself up. So when people start selling products, they they start, you know, creating propaganda about it's like here wear blue light blockers because blue light's bad for you. It's going to blind you. It's going to kill you. And it's like all of this stuff because people are controlled through fear, right? So you can sell a lot of products by making people fearful of something. But when you understand that, no, 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 we need blue light. Blue light is actually a good thing. It sets our circadian rhythm, as does red light. Red light at night, that's where people use the rejuvenator for going to sleep at night. Because when you use red light at night, it actually tells your body, now it's time to get sleepy and to not be stimulated with blue light that shuts off melatonin and also stimulates a neuropeptide in the brain called erexin hypocritin, which makes us alert. Blue light does all that, shuts off melatonin, turns on this neuropeptide. Red light actually makes you like calm and sleepy. And if you use it on the body at night, well, especially the rejuvenators, because it's a combination of wavelengths and then the healing energies that are coming from that, people go like you go to sleep. So blue light during the day, very important. It tells your body it's the middle of the day, be wide awake. I want to be awake during the day, just like the caveman, you know, like we would like, do not fall asleep in the field because then the saber tooth tiger is going to come along and eat you as a tasty snack. So do not fall asleep in the field where the predator can come and eat you. So be awake. So if you see somebody coming, it's like run, <laughs> you know, get out, get, get away from the predator. But at night, when you're in your cave and you're all protected, now you want to go to sleep, you've got the fire, the firelight, you know, the setting sun. As the sun is setting, we have red light that comes through because those longer wavelengths, as the sun gets lower in the sky, that's where the red comes through. So you see the red sky at night. And that's a signal to the body, day is ending. No longer getting blue light. So now we're getting red light. It means go to sleep. It's nighttime. And then blue light tells your body it's wide awake. So that's why people, when they're on their computers at night or tablets or laptop, you have insomnia. First thing you do is like, look at your tablet. Don't do that. Right. So, and that's, again, when I started teaching about all of this, none of this was known, but now it's very mainstream. But knowing that blue light is not a bad demonized thing, we actually do need blue light and you need to get it. The best way to get it is from daylight. Go out under daylight during the day. So follow the sun. Yeah. Follow the sun. Sun is good. Sun is good for you. Even, but one other thing, even in cloudy climates, so you can get benefits from going outdoors in a cloudy climate. Because if you, I, and I tell people to do this test, 
if you're in your house, you've got all the lights turned on in your house. It's the middle of winter or even like where I live in Austin, like it's a cloudy day. It's been cold and cloudy all day and rainy. Um, but if I'm in, in my house with all the lights turned on, even on that cloudy day, I go outside, the light is so much brighter. There's so many more lumens, even though most of the sun is obscured behind clouds. It's still giving that healing energy that's coming through. You still get, a, you're, you're not getting as much blue light because it's a lot of it is filtered, right? Mm-hmm. But you're still getting healing wavelengths and you can still get partial benefits from being out in the sun, um, even though it's partially hidden. So get outdoors more often, put on a warm coat, go outside, get, get into nature. If you have a park, even better. Ocean, very good too. Amazing. Okay. That's all. <laughs> Leanne, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay. This was a very interesting episode, and I loved her response to your question of how she deals with kind of the naysayers for light therapy, when she kind of just basically shrugs her shoulders and says, listen, I don't know how it works, but it works. And I just had to laugh at that because that's exactly how I feel about your homeo laser and the homeopathic laser stuff that you do for your patients. Are you going to make me confess my weird voodoo medicine that I do? Yeah, yeah. I think we have to. (laughs) I attended a workshop with Greg Lee a few years ago, and one of the things he introduced me to was this idea of homeopathic remedies delivered through and via a laser light. Now, this is being done in Germany with some high-tech equipment, and he put together a very simple device, let's say, and we were given a handful of little vials of homeopathic remedies and given a brief explanation of what was going on and said, you should try this. So I didn't believe a word of it. As I just rolled my eyeballs. I was polite because Greg's a good friend of mine. And we're in a workshop together. I didn't want to cause a fuss. I got home. Oddly enough, first patient back on Monday morning was a Lyme patient. And she had been suffering with shoulder pain for a year and a half, about a year and a half. She had had acupuncture. We'll start at the bottom of the list. Acupuncture was the last thing she tried. And we helped some, but the pain never went away. She'd been to a massage therapist, chiropractor. She'd been to her regular physician. And nobody short of giving heavy-duty pain meds was able to take care of the pain. And I thought to myself, well, we've got this new amazing homeo laser, and I don't believe it's going to work, but what the heck? Let's give it a try. So I asked, can we try it? And the strange thing was we start painting her shoulder with the light. So shining the light in the homeopathic remedy light on her shoulder. And she says, Ooh, that's odd. That feels warm. A couple minutes later, Ooh, that's really, really hot. And then the heat started dissipating and it finally went away. And I asked her, how's your shoulder? She says, that's really weird. It doesn't hurt anymore. And the pain stayed away for weeks until she had a flare about six, eight weeks later. It was amazing. So after that episode, 
I at least had to put my skepticism aside and say, okay, let's at least start playing with it. And now it's one of my primary tools, specifically with strange neurological pain. Now, it doesn't take away the most severe pain, but it helps in with the moderate pain almost every single time. It's really quite amazing. Um, anyway, I don't want to get too deep into that. This isn't a commercial for the homey laser thing. But no. th- the point is light therapy is very, very interesting. We don't know what's going on at all. But being out in the sunlight, we're, our bodies are designed that way. So we get healing power, energy, however you want to put it, frequencies from the sun. And it makes sense that our bodies are receptive to light in some way. And that seems to be the case. Very well said, I think. If you like what we're doing here at Lime Ninja Radio. And our tangents about light. And homeo lasers, homemade homeo lasers. Please leave us a review on iTunes. Either click on the stars or if you have something to say, please let everybody know how you feel about Lime Ninja Radio. And if you really like what we're doing, head on over to patreon.com and donate to Lime Ninja Radio. If you donate at the $10 level, $10 a month, we will send you a copy of our top 10 transcripts. The Lime Ninja top 10 transcripts are the concentrated wisdom of three years of podcast episodes featuring experts like Dr. Richard Horowitz, Brenda Constantino, the Real Food Rebel, and genetic nutrition expert Bob Miller. You know, looking back, I didn't realize we created a tongue twister for a title. We kind of did. The top ten transcripts. Yeah, We both stumbled on that. Say that ten times fast. Uh, No, thank you. (laughs) If you have any feedback for us, suggestions for guests, Ways to improve the show or our website. We got some great suggestions for the website we'll be incorporating soon. So really, we we listen to everything. We're very interested in what you have to say. Or if you just want to tell us your Lyme story, we'd love to hear it. Mm-hmm. Just send us an email at feedback at LimeNinjaRadio.com. Also, if you don't know your Lyme score yet, do yourself a favor. Head on over to LimeNinjaRadio.com front slash tracker and fill out the Lyme Ninja symptom tracker. It's free. It is free. And I will be at the Midcoast Lime Conference April 28th and was just speaking with the organizers about a week ago. And it's turning out to be something truly fabulous. I can't let you in on all the secrets they have yet. They want to make a big official push in a couple weeks. But once the lid is off, we'll tell you a lot more about it and probably have some interviews, too, to really give you a taste of what's coming. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a great conference. Mark your calendar. Mark your calendars. Come visit us in Maine. And if you are curious, they do have some information up at their website. So just search for the Midcoast Lime Conference 2018. And last, as you longtime Lime Ninjas know, this podcast would not be complete without the Lime Ninja Fact of the Day. Did you know ninjas can check out books from the Library of Congress? (laughs) 
Mind Ninja Radio is a purely public broadcast and is not intended to be personalized medical advice for any individual's specific situation. Each individual's medical situation is unique, and Lime Ninja Radio should not be relied upon and or considered as personalized medical advice. Lime Ninja Radio is not licensed to render medical advice and should be considered simply the public opinion of Lime Ninja Radio and its guests. Recommendations on specific treatment options are not intended to address any listener's particular medical situation. As always, contact your physician before considering any new treatment.